0: That was a long break. That was longer than I intended to take. And I hope I haven't forgotten how to do this. I was on sick leave for a while and it took me a long time to get my energy and motivation back. In fact, I lost it so much that for a couple weeks I didn't even feel like I cared about poetry. I was sad. It wasn't a good state. I can tell you it's better. Life is better when one does care about poetry. So I'm back, and that's why we're here together, right? To help us stay in a place where we're in a more fully human and flourishing mode of caring about poetry. (laughs) So getting sick and then getting well again is always an interesting experience, isn't it? That having good things like energy and appetite and function efficiency torn out of your sweaty little hands... And then given back again slowly after a few days and weeks. I've been through that enough times by now that any night I get in bed and I'm calm and comfortable. I notice it and revel in it and thank God for it. But there's always just the tiniest chill at the edge of my mind born of experience. And that chill reminds me I have no idea how long this moment of health and comfort, joy, might last And the funny thing is that that shadow of awareness that I don't really know what's in the future, and chances are there's pain and loss there, because that is how lives go and how they end, it only adds to my glee in the moment as I wiggle around in my blankets, getting ready to settle down for a cozy night's sleep. The two poems I brought for you today, in my mind, fall into that theme. The first is by Sharon Olds. And with that one, I'll do my traditional read, reflect, read again pattern. And then the second poem is by Jane Kenyon. And that one I will just read once to end the episode. So I'll start with Sharon Old's poem called True Love. And as is typical of Old's, this is pretty um, open about sensuality and sex and um, so Maybe that will help you decide if you should listen to it on headphones or on a speaker where everyone in the house can hear. So here is True Love by Sharon Olds. In the middle of the night when we get up, after making love, we look at each other in complete friendship. We know so fully what the other has been doing. Bound to each other like mountaineers coming down from a mountain. Bound with the tie of the delivery room. We wander down the hall to the bathroom. I can hardly walk. I hobble through the granular, shadowless air. I know where you are with my eyes closed. We are bound to each other with huge invisible threads. Our sexes muted, exhausted, crushed, the whole body a sex. Surely this is the most blessed time of my life. Our children asleep in their beds, each fate like a vein of abiding mineral not discovered yet. I sit on the toilet in the night. You are somewhere in the room. I open the window, and snow has fallen in a steep drift against the pane. I look up into it, a wall of cold crystals, silent and glistening. I quietly call to you and you come and hold my hand and I say, I cannot see beyond it. I cannot see beyond it. When I first read this poem, those last lines gave me at the same time, a thrill of recognition and a darker chill. There was a thrill, I think, in the way the poem just opened up in that moment. It went from interior to the outdoors, from warm to cold, from present to future. Um, It captured that surprise magic feeling of looking out the window at night and seeing fresh fallen snow. That doesn't happen where I live very often. A moment that feels set apart. And the repetition of I cannot see beyond it. I think that was part of the thrill. My spine can get tickling so bad from a good repetition, and this is a good one. Of course, the speaker is saying she couldn't see past the snow that drifted up against the window pane, but I think the chill comes from that double meaning that in that moment, she also can't see beyond the cocoon of warmth, love, and potential where the poem up until those last lines take place. So I want to look at that cozy cocoon a little bit. There's a lot of beauty here, isn't there? I love the lines. We look at each other in complete friendship. We know so fully what the other has been doing. That has to be one of the best marital intimacy couple lines ever. Um, And then there's some really potent metaphors about the forces that bind this couple together. They're bound like mountaineers on a common, dangerous journey or climb. And they're bound with the tie of the delivery room. That's their partnership in creating, birthing, and parenting their children. And then it moves on to a couple more stunning lines that are some of my favorites, where it's about the children. And she says, asleep in their beds, each fate like a vein of abiding mineral not discovered yet. First of all, the sounds in that are just really good. It falls into a rhythm there where beds and yet kind of rhyme with each other and then fate and vain. Um, The long A sounds in those words get to echo off each other as well. It's just beautiful. With children, there is so much potential for good in the lives ahead of them. Their futures are an undiscovered treasure. But when you peek in at your kids at night, you also realize there's so much unknown and, of course, potential for sorrow as well as treasure. Um, You wonder what pain will these children go on to give and receive in their lives. But for now, in this moment, in the poem, they're warm, safe, and they're tucked in their beds. After I had known and loved this poem for a while already, I learned that Sharon Olds actually wrote it many years after the time it took place. And by that time she had lived through some events that the woman on the toilet in the poem was blessed to not be able to foresee. So knowing the sad ending ahead, it does make me feel different um, and sadder in a way when I read this poem now. But honestly, it also adds to my awe of Olds that she was able to recreate this scene of hope and comfort so fully and convincingly and so free of bitterness even though she knew when she wrote it by then she knew what lay beyond the window but she was merciful to her readers by not letting us see beyond the window by keeping us in the cozy ignorant bliss I'll read this one more time find it here we go In the middle of the night, when we get up, after making love, we look at each other in complete friendship. We know so fully what the other has been doing. Bound to each other, like mountaineers coming down from a mountain. Bound with the tie of the delivery room, we wander down the hall to the bathroom. I can hardly walk. I hobble through the granular, shadowless air. I know where you are with my eyes closed. We are bound to each other with huge invisible threads. Our sex is muted, exhausted, crushed, the whole body a sex. Surely this is the most blessed time of my life. Our children asleep in their beds, each fate like a vein of abiding mineral not discovered yet. I sit on the toilet in the night, you are somewhere in the room. I open the window and snow has fallen in a steep drift against the pane. I look up into it, a wall of cold crystals, silent and glistening. I quietly call to you and you come and hold my hand and I say, I cannot see beyond it. I cannot see beyond it. Okay. My other poem might help soothe down anything that got riled up by that one. It's on a similar theme, but it's by Jane Kenyon, and so many of her poems feel like beautiful bedtime stories to me. This one is one of her most famous. You might have heard it before, and it's also one that's a wonderful candidate for memorization if you're in the market for such a thing. Um, It's called Otherwise by Jane Kenyon again, and it will have the last word today. It goes like this. I got out of bed on two strong legs. It might have been otherwise. I ate cereal, sweet milk, ripe, flawless peach. It might have been otherwise. I took the dog uphill to the birch wood. All morning, I did the work I love. At noon, I lay down with my mate. It might have been otherwise. We ate dinner together at a table with silver candlesticks. It might have been otherwise. I slept in a bed in a room with paintings on the walls and planned another day just like this day. But one day I know it will be otherwise. Part of my vision for Take This Poem was to have it be interactive. I imagined it as a virtual bonfire poetry reading where friends, family, local poets, and you can come together to warm our hands on some poetry. So what would that look like? Well, I'm glad you asked. You could send me a voice recording of you reading a poem to be included in a mailbag poetry reading. Commenting on the poem is welcome, but optional. Don't be shy. It's the only voice you got. What better use for it do you have than reading beautiful words out loud? Also, you could request a poem that you'd like to hear me read and ponder on the show. Or tell me what you've been thinking about these days, and I could play literary matchmaker and choose a poem for you. And by the way, I am aware that I have a small but loyal following of youngsters out there, and these invitations are all open to them as well. Send any of these or other ideas you have to take this poem podcast at gmail.com and join me in sharing good poems with this little community. I hope to hear from you soon.